0: This is NFL.com's Coach's Show Podcast.
1: 40 men together can't lose. This is why you lift all them weights. Everybody's driving out there. Nobody's them, And now we're going. There's a gleam, men. There's a gleam.
0: Thanks for checking out the Week 5 Coaches Show podcast. I'm Brian Billick here alongside Steve Mariucci. This week, we take a look at the art of the comeback. How do coaches put their teams in position to win despite facing a huge deficit? Plus, we discuss Rex Ryan's struggles in New York and talk with the Broncos' John Fox about coaching the one and only Peyton Manning. The Coaches Show podcast starts now. Much as always, a lot of great games. Let's start off with uh, uh, my old team, the Baltimore Ravens, going into Indianapolis. I really thought Baltimore going to win. No one has played better than Baltimore, particularly offensively, the last three weeks. But once again, we keep coming back to Andrew Luck. This guy, just he just keeps building on the legacy one game at a time.
1: You know, on the Game Day Morning Show, I said that the Ravens' luck would run out. I know they had three wins in a row and playing well, but uh, so you picked Andrew them. Luck, you picked them, huh? I picked them, oh, and good so for you. and so I because Andrew Luck's been playing well too. You know, he had four touchdown passes in the last two games each, and over you know in 40 burgers the whole thing. So, boy, this Colts team, you know, nothing to take away from the Ravens. That's a good football team and should be a playoff team. But this Colts team is still on a mission. We remember when Chuck got sick and the whole thing turned around fast. Well, this team is still with that mindset. And they're good on, they're good on offense, best offense in the league. They're very, very good in special teams. And they're just playing well enough to, to slow down. Joe Flacco on defense, and wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, Greg Minuski,
0: the defensive coordinator. Uh, that's where I thought they would fall down a little bit because they're 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 missing some parts defensively, and he's doing a great yeah. job with that defense, particularly at home. But uh, Andrew Luck, to me, and I'm interested in your observation as well because I, we all know he's good, and every, every week he just gets better. But and I, I know I'm overstating it here, but to me, he looks like he has, you know, the, the arm strength and and the fluid uh, accuracy. uh, as as good as any quarterback in the game to get. He's got the pocket presence of a Drew Brees. He throws as well outside the pocket as Aaron Rodgers. He actually runs the ball as well as Cam Newton. He seems to have a control and an intellect that rivaling a Peyton Manning. I mean, this this guy, uh, wow, it's amazing.
1: This might be sacrilegious to say, but is he the best quarterback in the league? Wow! And I, I know, I know you're talking about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. How about Tom Brady's performance against the Bengals? My God! And then, yeah, Drew and Aaron. You, you, there, there's, there's a, there's a handful of great quarterbacks in the league, but maybe because this guy is so young, we don't want to crown him just yet. <laughs> but. He does all the things that you're saying. He's, he's, he's kind of a mix of all these. Take out the good parts of all these other quarterbacks that you just mentioned and put it into one, and you have an Andrew Luck, and he's strong, and he's 240 pounds, and he's, he's got another 12 years to play. Very exciting times over there in Indy right now after having a Peyton Manning for so long, and now you got another superstar.
0: You And you and I have been at it a long time, and we've had good quarterbacks, and we've had bad quarterbacks. Can you imagine <laughs> being in Indianapolis where you get – What, 15, 16 years of Peyton Manning and then maybe 15 years of Andrew Luck? I mean, do they have any concept of how lucky they are?
1: Well, you know, it's happened. You know, you remember with Joe Montana passed the baton reluctantly to Steve Young here in San Francisco. And you and you remember Brett Favre for so long, 16 years in Green Bay, now passing that baton to Aaron Rodgers. This is the same thing. Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. It doesn't happen. Very often in the history of the NFL, in fact, most teams don't even have one great Hall of Fame quarterback. Not you know, not to mention two in a row. So yeah, the fans in Indy have been and will be spoiled for a long time. Well, thirty years
0: of elite quarterback. I'd like to have thirty quarters in my career of quarterback play. At that, yeah, unbelievable. Let let's talk. Let's move on to a game where uh, the New Orleans Saints and and they have looked. In disarray to a degree, they're not as good defensively. Uh, obviously, you could see where Drew Brees has maybe been pressing a little bit with some of the interceptions, but they got a home win against the Bucks. And your phone's ringing.
1: <laughs> That's they, they want you That's to... my landline. That's like hey, when your dog remember is that, is, was that your, your dog on the, when, when you were at home?
0: With my dogs barking? Yeah. Is that your agent calling, going, look, we're not getting paid enough to do this podcast with Billick. you got to ask for Somebody more. Somebody's
1: saying, are you kidding me? You're doing a podcast with <laughs> Billick again on Monday? Um, <laughs> but let's, so- go back to,
0: let's go back to the Saints. Can, and All but the Bucks, who came off a big dramatic uh, come-from-behind win against Pittsburgh, going to a tough place in New Orleans, almost pull this off. Can we say the Saints have rounded a corner? I'm not sure.
1: Oh yeah, I, I see what you see because I don't know what kind of Saints team I thought they were gonna win that division. And we know Drew Brees is a great player. He's been hurt and sometimes he kinda of looks like it. Um, thought their defense was better, but you know what? It's not like last year. Mm-hmm. It's not as good. And then how'd you like to spend all that money on Jarriss Bird in the offseason oh, and then and he gets him go hurt? Down. In practice, he gets hurt. In practice, my God, that's got to be crushing. And so, and, and you mentioned Drew Brees was, uh, you know, trying to make plays sometimes that weren't quite there. You know, we saw him do some things where he was getting and he'd get the ball out and some picks. And uh, Jimmy Graham's hurt. And so, I think the Saints are going to be one of those teams that are fighting all season long to try to make the playoffs. And you know, on the other side, the Bucks. You know what, Lovey's got them fighting now. And I think they found their quarterback over in Mike Lennon. So uh, it, it turned into a close game. But uh, Saints are going to be fun to watch because that division is really up for grabs over there in the South. Oh,
0: it really is with Carolina. Obviously, they had a big come-from-behind win, dramatic against Chicago. Uh, and obviously, Atlanta is just struggling, plain and simple. So, yeah, yeah, where what used to be maybe the best division in football, and I think you could have made an or at least the tightest. Yeah, it's still tight. It's just the quality of play. Yeah, um, You just don't know how good it's going to be, but I, I don't know that I'd eliminate Tampa Bay right now and say, no, they're definitely out of it. they got a quarterback, Mike Glennon. They get Mike Evans back. Defense starts to playing better again. Gerald McCoy, healthy, makes a big difference. I don't know that you can write off Tampa Bay yet either.
1: Yeah, I know, and, and Lovey will get that team, you know, with new systems on both sides of the ball. They will be better, provided they stay healthy, but they will be better you know, in November and December. And, and as long as he keeps hope alive there, I think that team is going to be young and they're up and coming and they're going to, they're going to you know, they'll rain on somebody's parade before right. the seasons over, like they did against the Steelers. So, uh, but anyway, I'm watching close on that Saints team because I can't figure them out. They're a little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like a lot of other teams in the league right now.
0: Uh, let's talk, You know, a lot of big comebacks in the league. We just talked about uh, uh, Carolina coming back. Biggest one of the week, obviously. Cleveland coming back uh, from a 28-3 to deficit, obviously, with a huge win uh, uh, that, that, you know, it was, it, they've been in so many tight games. You had to kind of cheer for, for Cleveland and Bobby Hoy. Hoyer uh, orchestrating that, that, that late drive in order to get the win. Um, let's talk a little bit about the mindset. When you get down that way, tell me what's the biggest comeback you ever had that you, re- you remember?
1: I got one. I got one. Okay. So I'm um, with the Niners in the playoffs, and we're hosting the Giants. And we're down 24 points, Brian, in the third quarter. We're down by 24. And I'm, I swear to God, I remember looking up at the scoreboard going, let's see. It's in the middle of the third quarter. We're down by 24, and the momentum was on their side. I said, if we don't, if we don't change something real fast, this thing could be, this could, we could lose by 50. I mean, this wasn't going very well at all. So, so obviously, I had to get my coordinators together and say, listen, something's got to change fast. We got to change something. We can't just say we'll stick with the game plan because we're really going to get crushed. So, long story short, we ended up winning that game. All right, it was at the time it was the second largest deficit overcoming the playoffs by beating the Giants in the playoffs, 39-38. But, but uh, you know, we had to go no huddle and all this different stuff and change up our defense, get a couple breaks, and and uh, that was the big one for me. Uh, obviously, a playoff win like that really. Really, you remember it very, very well. Uh, but, boy, if we didn't change things, it could have got ugly.
0: And, and it's interesting. What was the final score then?
1: 39-38. And you beat them. Yeah. Was there a
0: point in, in your heart of hearts that you – because it sounds like when you were talking to your coordinators, it was just, hey, we got to play better not to get killed. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk like, about coming back and winning. I mean, that mindset yeah, – no. I mean, I, that sounds defeatist, but the realist in you go, God, I don't think
1: we can overcome this. Yeah, you got to stop the bleeding first, right? right? You got to fix what's really gashing you. And so, uh, you know, I had Jim Mora, who's now the UCLA coach, doing a great job over there. He was my defensive coordinator, and we had to figure out what pressures would be new and surprise the Giants and, you know, take the ball away, that kind of thing. And then uh, with Greg Knapp, I said, he was my offensive coordinator, I said, all right. Forget the game plan. We will never huddle again. We are going to go into our no huddle. We're going to go fast. We're three, you know, three scores down plus a lot of two-point plays. Let's get going. And so, you know, that, that's what happened. And we were lucky enough to boom, 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 get some, get some things going and, and win it close at the end. And then they missed the field goal at the end. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> yeah. We played Jacksonville my, my Super Bowl year in 2000, and I got to preface it by saying, the organization had never beaten Jacksonville. Not the year I got there in '99. We got swept. We were, they were in the division with us at the time, the old uh, <laughs> NFC Central, AFC, AFC Central. <laughs> um, and so, and and prior to that, even when they were in Cleveland, when Ozzie Newsom, Art Modell, they had never beaten Jacksonville. So never that ever. that that was the big thing. That that okay. Well, can we beat Jacksonville? So we're we're down. It's early in the season. We're down twenty three two, three, and it's halftime. And that's not to seem unsurmountable. but keep in mind, this is a team we had never, ever beaten before. So, I, and I'm like you, I'm kind of, I didn't even conceivably think we could win the game, but I'm just thinking this, could, this thing could get bad in biblical proportions. So I tell my guys, you know, not that it matters the pep talk, but going, guys, look, we're going to define who we are by how we come out in the second half. I don't even care, win or lose. So I'm not talking about winning or losing. I'm just talking about the way you fight and the way you finish this game. And we ended up Shannon Sharp down the middle of the field, beating him 39 36 which really to me was the catalyst for us going forward and ended up being our Super Bowl year and actually, uh, hard to imagine we did it offensively because <laughs> my defense had given up 36 points, and normally we were such a defense dominated team, but that was, uh, that was probably the one i 'm going to remember the most that uh, wow and, and uh, Coughlin didn 't be, beat me again after that, so that felt pretty good Yeah.
1: you, you know what? Your story ends up in a Super Bowl. My come-from-behind win ends up... I got fired the next week, (laughs) Brian. Even with the big comeback. And that was a playoff game. So then we go to to Tampa the next week, and then Tampa beats us. They won the Super Bowl that year, and Mooch is out. That was it. It was like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, they, they, they ended up getting me, even with that Super Bowl, they ended up getting me later on anyway. Sooner so, or later, right? Yeah, they're, they're going to get oh, you sooner well. or later. That we, <laughs> we would be remiss if we didn't talk about two unbelievable performances. Peyton Manning, uh, uh, obviously, with breaking 500. This, this, you're going to love this. I know you know this number, but I was just sitting in, the, in my hotel room after watching the game yesterday, and I'm looking at these and keeping in mind Aaron Rodgers, who gets his, on Thursday night, gets his 200th touchdown pass, which mm-hmm. is the second fastest in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. It, uh, d- d- I think it was uh, Dan Marino got it in 98 games, and Aaron, and we all know how much we love Aaron Rodgers, got it 96 or 97 games, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's second on the list, or maybe vice versa. And I'm thinking, that's spectacular. And then, then we get to Sunday, and Peyton Manning throws his 500th touchdown pass. Aaron Rodgers only has 300 more touchdown passes to go. That's all. And, and probably plus
1: some. That number just just blew my mind. I know it, and I, I've been sort of following this, maybe selfishly, because I coached Brett Favre for a while, and so I know what his numbers are, and, and I know that it's inevitable that his records will be broken, and, and and who would you rather have him break the records than Peyton Manning, right? So the touchdown record's going to go this year. might go next week or the week after, right? The The wins, the number of wins probably will go next year sometime, if I remember correctly. The yards probably will go next year at some point in time. Um, his, his number of games in a row playing, you know, consecutive starts, I don't think will ever be broken. But it's, it's sort of interesting to watch how these records are going to fall. And, and you know what? Someday somebody's going to beat Peyton Manning's records because the league is turning in to throw the ball, you know, you know a lot. And you see it in colleges yeah. now. Cal – Cal in Washington State was 60 to 59. They just throw it every down. And so a lot of these passing records with sacks interceptions and yards will will go. But this it's fun to watch these these superstars play well. The league is always in need of more great quarterbacks. You know that. And and the guys, the handful of guys that are set in the tempo right now. Uh, boy, we're gonna miss them when they're gone. Yeah. So I hope we all enjoy what they're doing. Their excellence on and off the field is is so important to the National Football League.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we won't know until we look in the in the rearview mirror of, of history. But there may not have been a time in the NFL where more <clears throat> Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, we know Brady, we know Manning, we know Breeze. Pretty sure Roger. Rogers is going to get there. But some of these other guys, you know, uh, there may not have been another time. I don't know. Somebody can do the research on it as to just how lucky we are. And Tom Brady the other night against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is still a good football team. What they ran into, in my opinion, was an in-rhythm, pissed-off Tom Brady. And that's a bad combination.
1: (laughs) You're right. Because how about the week they had? You know, they lose a game to Kansas City, and they look pathetic. Let's face it. They admitted it. But – they just put their nose to the grindstone and got ready for Cincinnati and got ready for Cincinnati. And you saw Bill Belichick say that eight times in his press conference. And you know what? They got ready for Cincinnati. And, and so it was a beatdown, to be quite honest with you. And Tom Brady looked like he was in his prime. And, and uh, don't ever count that team out. They might have a bad game or two. Everybody does. But when, when, when it's all said and done, that's a dangerous bunch over there. And I was kind of happy to see that for Tom Brady. Yeah.
0: Well, I got a chance today to visit with a guy that you and I are envious of because he gets to work with Peyton Manning, head coach of the Denver Broncos, John Fox.
1: Manning takes a snap, looks right, throws right, got him in the caught! Touchdown! There it is, number 500! deep dead 5, touchdown!
0: Touchdown to Marius Thomas! And the sack off the edge, Von Miller... The Denver Broncos took down the Arizona Cardinals 41-20 on Sunday behind a record-breaking performance from quarterback Peyton Manning. And joining us now is head coach John Fox. And coach, I mean, you, you're, you're at home, I know, but you're playing an undefeated Arizona Cardinal team, a very good defense, and then just put on a good old-fashioned butt whooping uh, offense. Actually, you know, absolutely exploded. Talk about what a win like that against a team that currently had been three and zero.
2: Well, I think uh, you know they're a very good football team, very well coached. Bruce Arians and his staff. uh, uh, You know they played very well last year, 10 and 6, and just uh, short of the playoffs. So we knew it was going to be a tough matchup. Uh, They're really good on defense. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And, uh, you know, I think our offensive line, our blocking element did a terrific job. And, you know, Peyton was as good as I've seen him. He uh, had a very productive day, made some great throws into tight coverage. And, uh, you know, luckily we were able to, uh, you know, accelerate in the fourth quarter and and win against a good football team.
0: You know, I've got to ask you, obviously Peyton Manning and setting the record, 500 uh, touchdown throws. He's going to break the all-time record. I know you hope this week, but it'll come, if not this week, then the next week. But I'm interested in your, you know, your background was primarily on the defensive side of the ball. As a defensive-minded coach, and you've been a head coach long enough, I realize that's probably a misstatement, but that being your background, do you ever watch him and watch Peyton Manning catch yourself going, God, I'm glad I don't have to play this guy. How, how would I go about stopping this?
2: Well, for so many of those years, Brian, as you all well know, uh, you know, I was playing against him, so I knew how good he was. and. You know, you, you're in this league long enough. People have reps, and you hear about it, whether it's players or coaches. And, uh, you know, I heard about how hard he worked, how hard he prepares. But, you know, once he got here and uh, actually watch it on a daily basis, it's incredible. The film study, the you know, the amount of uh, – Preparation he does, whether it's the weight room, the rehab the first year when he was coming off that neck injury. What he's accomplished is it's just remarkable. Uh, he's an incredible player, and uh, we're glad he's on our side.
0: When, when I had a chance to do some of his games in Indianapolis, and the first time I really got to see him work a practice, talk a little bit about – I've never seen a player – operate in a practice not only just him in the high efficiency but the running backs the he's down in the offensive line drill saying hey we're going to do this we're going to talk a little bit about I've never seen that before
2: well you know Troy Aikman was out they they had our game this weekend and so he was out you know viewing practice like the networks do and um you know he was running a, a routes on air drill and everybody's involved and uh you know the precision the exactness uh the protections, whether it's the communication with the O-line. I mean, he's, you know, he's tireless. And, uh, you know, that's how you execute really well on game day is you rep it and prepare it, uh, you know, in the game week of preparation.
0: You know, you, you faced a team in Arizona that had a pretty good secondary. And, and I know I, as I look at it, the challenge is obviously maybe, maybe I'm lucky enough to have a number one corner that can match up with whomever you want to be, your, probably Demarius Thomas. Maybe I'm lucky enough to have a number two. But there's no way I have a 3, 4, and 5 that are going to keep up with Julius Thomas and Wes Welker and Emmanuel Sanders. You and John Elway have done an unbelievable job bringing together a talent pool for him to draw on, and it's led by Demarius Thomas.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, DT, a lot have been made here locally about, uh, you know, maybe some lack of production over the first three weeks. And, uh, you know, Demarius, like all great athletes, uh, uh, and great players in this league like DT uh, had a great week of preparation, and uh, you know he had a pretty much beastly day. Uh, it was, uh, you know, that was with a seventy-seven yarder being called back. So uh, he's a very talented guy that uh, you know worked very hard last week in preparation. It was great to see you know him have a great performance yesterday.
0: Do you ever, you know, and again going back to kind of your, your defensive mentality, which is understandable. And obviously Peyton Manning in the way there. There's, do you ever catch yourself him coming over the sideline and, and kind of going, you know, we, we can run the ball a little bit. Maybe, maybe you can get a few more runs in there. <laughs> I mean, that, I know all defensive coaches want to run the ball more, even though you're getting all that productivity in the passing game.
2: Well, you know, as well as I do, Brian, I mean, you kind of take what the defense gives you, and uh, you're right. John Elway and his staff have done a great job in acquiring talent. You know, Julius Thomas, you know, a year ago, nobody knew of him. Now, he, now he's a tough matchup. And then on defense, uh, it's all about matchups. And when you have those type of talented weapons, uh, it makes it tough for a defense, and uh, you know, like I've always said, you show me a good coach, I'll show you some good players.
0: That's right. Yeah, always. This game always has been, will be, and, and forever be about good players. Um, let's talk about a good player. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Von Miller, at least from the outside, looks to be as healthy as we've seen him in a while. Is that a fair statement?
2: Yeah, it is, Brian, and I think, uh, you know, over the first three weeks, uh, you know, coming off of an ACL uh, surgery and, you know, some of the confidence level that you get uh, as you play the game more coming off of that, you know, I think you're seeing that, and, uh, you know, Vaughn was a player that was, you know, both suspended and injured a year ago, so we didn't have him but but about six games, and, uh, you know, we've welcomed him back, obviously, with open arms, and he looks to be getting better every day and every week.
0: Coach, obviously as a head coach, you worry about every aspect of the game, the offense, defense, special teams, things that are going on, injuries. Everybody's talking a little bit about the, the unfortunate situation with Julius Thomas and the cut block. Talk about as a head coach, not only for what's your team and you want to obviously take care of your team, but also the bigger issue in health in this league. Talk about how you address something like that.
2: Well, we never intentionally ever coach or, you know, even players here. There's too much respect for their, you know, fellow players in the league. So uh, that, that doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen here. Uh, it was just a miscommunication. It was a personnel group where we had no backs in the game. Tight ends kind of take that responsibility. Uh, Arizona was in a look where, you know, uh, Calais was outside playing, and they actually were in a three-man rush. We really just should have just checked out uh, right away. Uh, you know, cut blocking is legal. Um, that's part of what backs and tight ends do uh, when they line up in the backfield. Uh, it was just a miscommunication between our uh, uh, tight end and tackle that, uh, you know, we didn't even really engage the guy. It was actually just uh, they called it a lure. Uh, but, you know, uh, we, we weren't even supposed to resemble anything like that. Unfortunately, it's something that happened, and uh, I can understand the frustration of Bruce. Uh, anytime you lose a, a very, very good player like Calais, uh, that's frustrating for any coach. And But it's something not intentional and uh, uh, something we would never, ever stand
0: for. Yeah, fair enough. As long as we're talking about injuries, can you give us an update on Monte Ball, what, what you think his status might be?
2: Well, he's got a groin strain, uh, the severity of that. Uh, they're going through the testing uh, phase of uh, evaluation, and uh, we'll have an update on Wednesday.
0: Sounds great. Coach, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you this week against the Jets.
2: All right, sounds good. Thank you for having me, Brian. All
0: right, Mooch, we got, we got to talk about, boy, the life of a coach. And you and I, we talk about this occasionally. And, uh, boy, to, to be thrown back into it now, we're seeing what's going on in New York with Rex Ryan understandable given the record that they have. Let's talk a little bit about that. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's no better for Jim Harbaugh, and he's winning football games.
1: Well, you and I both know that the hot seat is not reserved for guys with just losing records. The hot seat is for most anybody in this league if you coach in the National Football League. Sooner or later, you're going to be on that seat. And so, yeah, it's crazy living up in the Bay Area here, hearing about all of this I don't know what you would call it—disarray or whatever—with the nine within the Niner, Niner organization, uh, from head coach to GM, uh, conflict to players. And co- I don't know what it is, but it's just not typical. It's it seems a little bit bizarre. Um, and and I and Jed York said today already that uh, Jim is his coach. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. It's not about you know personalities right now and, and they're they're staying focused that way but there's a lot of there's a lot of grumbling and I and I don't quite get it and then and you and I have both been in Rex's boat where you wish you had a veteran quarterback that knew how to win games um, and, and poor Rex you know he he started off with a youngster and Mark Sanchez try to win as many games as he could then and then he transitioned into another young drafted uh, quarterback and Geno Smith, and and you know they don't always pan out, and they're trying to make Geno the guy, and he says he's going to start him again. Michael Vick didn't jumpstart that uh, that offense last week, and so know uh, yeah, I don't want to say he stuck with Geno, but you know they they've got a tough road to hoe, and and I like Geno, he has done some good things on occasion. You just need to see more of it.
0: Yeah, a tough place to be. It's just emotional. You can see for Rex, it's just it's going to be a grind, and then the defense, which is supposed to be their strength. Yeah. So, you know, you just can't keep up enough, and you get emotionally down, and to be able to hold on to it, it's, it's so tough as a coach. I thought Jim Harbaugh's response was brilliant. And we know Jim, Jim's not the most, um, I don't know, communicative guy in terms of dealing with the media, but right. in terms of, uh, you know, suffering fools, so to speak. But I thought his response diffused it immediately, at least at the spot when he said, look, coaches, locker room, it's a lot of personalities. It's my job to love these guys and put them in a position to win. It's their job to love each other and to take care of each other. I, I thought that was brilliant because it immediately says, look, I understand <clears throat> what a locker room is. Uh, they don't have to love me, they have, but they got to love one another. they got to play for one another. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And then Ooh, to, like see, to see Jim Schwartz carried off in Detroit – just happened to be the old place he used to be. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Have you? Where a coach gets carried off in the
1: old place he just got fired from? Nope. Nope. I got fired from there, too. Um, <laughs> Did anybody carry I, you off? No, I never ran back. And so um, I, th- I found it a little bizarre, a little different, because, because he gave one of these, you know. And, 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 of course, that's what they're talking about in Detroit right yeah. now. And, yeah. and I, I think I, I kind of chuckled with it because I know – I know Jim, and I know it was a very big win for him personally. Let's face it, it is, and so. Uh, but I, I think they, I think he kiddingly talked about that with his guys in OTAs, and he said some, "Yeah, we're going to go to Detroit, and I want to get you guys carry me off, thinking that that would be a fun win, <laughs> just a fun and thing." They, yeah, they took him to his word, and they grabbed them and they put him up. It was, it was not quite like Buddy Ryan getting carried off after the Super Bowl, you know, and Ditka's getting carried off over there a little bit, but I, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, what the heck?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, yeah, I don't know that I've seen it either, but, yeah, it's great. It's great. And that and, and also underlines any time you hear about when you have these guys whether player coaches going to places they played before, does this game carry any more meaning for you? No, 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 this is just another game. Bull. That's a lie. That's, a, That's just a, lie. a bold-faced lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this week on my uh, weekly co- coaches column, I'm going to write about have to write about Philip Rivers. And we've talked about Manning, we talked about Brady and Breeze and Andrew Luck. Is there anybody playing better than Philip Rivers right now? And it doesn't no. seem it does it's it's whatever. You take away whatever you want. Take away Gates, fine, I'll go to Royal and I'll go to Allen. Okay, you'll take those two away. Well, I've got Floyd on the other side. And then you take them all away and they got this who who is the guy that cranked up uh, who the take heck away
1: is? their running backs too. Take, take away the, Ryan Matthews. Yeah, and
0: then they this other Donald guy Brown. who the heck is this other guy that showed Philip Rivers, fine, I'll find whoever's open.
1: Brandon Oliver I, Brandon Oliver. That. That's I mean it it's like it's like he looked like Sproles that's mini Sproles I mean coming around there and 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 so you know Mike McCoy's doing a heck of a job we talk about Chuck Pagano a lot. How about his brother John Pagano, the defensive coordinator over there with San Diego? Great job. But the the glue to that whole thing is Philip Rivers. You mentioned him, and he's an MVP candidate right now. He really is. And you know what? He deserves it because he is the fireball of you know, talk about emotional quarterbacks. You got some, you know, some different personalities. You got Joe Flacco over there, and he's a Type B personality. You know, steady as she goes. Philip Rivers is like. He's off the charts with his emotion, and he's, 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 he's their heartbeat. He's their pulse, and, uh, God, I love where they're headed. They're going to go into uh, Denver and play a Thursday night game like they yeah. did a couple years ago, and, in fact, the Chargers won that one. So they're going to really mix it up here in this AFC race.
0: I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do a, a mea culpa here because probably one of the reasons I'm doing the Coach's Show podcast rather than continue to coach, two quarterbacks that I said could not play in this league, Brett Favre, because I thought his shoulder won't last. The torque he puts on his shoulder, mm-hmm. I thought him coming out and seeing when he was – I was saying he's going to blow his shoulder out. He may come in and be good for a couple of years, but there's no way he's, he's going to last, and he has, what, mm-hmm. the all-time starts record. And Philip Rivers, is that not – because I said it's the ugliest delivery – it's the yeah. ugliest throwing action. You <laughs> cannot correct this. It's unbelievable how, how productive he is with the worst throwing action in the history of this oh. game.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and he doesn't really care. He doesn't get style points. You, don't, you get that in, like, you, in ski jumping and gymnastics. But throwing the ball, just get it there. Give him a catchable pass, and he can do that. And you're right. He, you would never make a clinic film uh, in, on technique of throwing the football with Phillip Rivers. But, boy, oh, boy, production and enthusiasm, he's got it.
0: Yeah, he, and off the charts. So. Well, Mooch, I appreciate it. Make sure you check us out next week on the of Show podcast. Go to NFL.com slash podcast.